nice cow, plowed his field, and did a very good job plowing his field. And, uh, so yeah, this cow, one day, it came to, to this yid that he was very poor. This yid was so poor, he didn't have no money. Nothing. Zero. Not even a centimeter. No, not even a penny. He didn't even have a penny to his name. My, that's awful. That is awful. You know what I tell people when they, uh, when they need money, you know? They always have to, you have to daven to Hashem for it. Sometimes Hashem listens, and sometimes the answer is, not right now. Anyways, so let's continue with the story. This new owner, who bought this cow, who's a guy. A guy? A, Jew, a non-Jew, a guy. Oh, okay, that's interesting. How big was the guy? Um... um uh, Let's call this guy, uh, Jason. Jason? How about Jeffrey? Jeffrey? Okay, I'll call him Jeffrey. Shmuel, you Shmuel, I do anything. Okay, so I do it. Shmuel, uh, name him Jason. I said Jeffrey already, so this Jeffrey guy owned a cow. He bought the cow from this Jew named Shmuel. No, not Shmuel. What do you know on the name of the year to be? Chaim Yankel. Chaim Yankel. He bought the name. He bought the cow from the Yankel. No, he bought the cow from the Chaim Yankel. Oh, he, Jeffrey bought the cow from Chaim Yankel, and uh, this new owner took her out to the field. And on Shabbos, the new owner, this guy Jeffrey, took the cow and uh, took it to took it to his field. With a yoke on top of it. And all of a sudden, the cow wouldn't move. So, he started whipping the cow. <whistles> Mr. Cow, move! Move! But, cow still did not move. Mr. Cow, I'm warning you. You have to move. Um, okay. And, uh, fine. The cow still does not move. Please, please move, Mr. Cow. What's going to make you move? So the cow said, you want to know what's going to make me move? I don't know what's going to make me move, but I'm telling you, I am not moving from here. And the cow still didn't move. They whipped him. They slapped him up. They turned him into a porcupine. No, they didn't turn him into a porcupine, but they uh, gave him a few slaps. And nothing was working. Nothing. Zero. Well, okay. The guy came back. Jeffrey came back to the Chaim Yankel. Chaim Yankel! Your cow doesn't work. You gave me a cow that doesn't do any work. Chaim Yankel said, what do you mean it doesn't work? What are you talking about? Bring me the cow. I'm going to show you it works. And Chaim Yankel talked to the cow. He went over to the cow. Hmm. Oh, cow. Wonderful cow. When you were with me, you were able to rest on Shabbos. But now that my avarius caused me to sell you to this guy, stand up 
and do your work for your new master. And immediately the cow stood and did work. The guy said, I'm not letting you go until you tell me what magic trick did you use? What did you do? The Yid said, simple. All I did? All you did, yeah. All I did was talk to the cow. All I told this cow that it's not Shabbos, he can't keep Shabbos anymore. And this guy, Jeffrey, converted and he became known as Yochanan ben Torta, Yochanan the son of a cow. That was one story. I know you guys are going to ask, where are my guests? Where are the eighth days? Where is the eighth day this week? What happened to them? Um, so what happened was I got a call on Wednesday. I got a call on Wednesday morning that unfortunately they had to, they arranged a uh, thing and they lost track of their date. So they lost track of their date and fine. And they told me Wednesday morning, we're sorry. We have to, uh, cancel and yeah. So here I am, and Baruch Hashem Gamsel for everything. And I'm very happy that I'm sitting here because there's sometimes I'm not sitting here. Sometimes I'm sitting on the other side of this screen for the, you guys that are watching here and there and there, right there. Uh huh. And right there. And right there, too. So, all you guys watching. Um, anyways. We're going to, you know, it is like Bahimer. And I did. Maishi, what happened to your beard? Shmerl, I can't believe it. What happened to my beard? I don't understand. What did happen to my beard? What did you do to my beard, Shmerl? What happened to my beard? Can you tell me that? No, I can't tell you what happened to your beard. Oh, you're right, Shmerl. You can't tell me. But, uh, but guys... Boys and girls, everybody who's listening, I can tell you what happened to my beard. I took a shaver, I shaved it off, because today in the morning I was allowed to shave. It's like Baimer, Baruch Hashem, it's like Baimer, Rav Shimon Barichai, Yortzite. And since it's Rav Shimon Barichai's Yortzite, I'm going to say a nice story from Rav Shimon Barichai. And the story is a beautiful story, a very delicious story. How delicious. Well, it was really good. And it was really one of the best stories I uh, ever read so far. And uh, I hope I can tell it the same way that it's written down. I'll try to, but I doubt it can happen. But, uh, yeah. So, anyways... Anyways, uh, nobody's here today. Is watching me today, but uh, that's a different story. Why does it? Um, anyways, we're gonna say the story. So, the Rav Shimon Bar Those who know Rav Shimon Bar I mean, everybody knows Rav Shimon Bar But Rav Shimon Bar he was such a unbelievable tzaddik. It was very, very hard to, uh, like I said last week. This uh, question, answer to this question, 
I had this question last week of why do we light a bonfire on Long Boimer? And the answer I felt, I think the answer is, I'm not saying 100% sure, but I think the answer is, the answer is that Rav Shema was compared to an ash. His face was so shiny, like a fire. And uh, we're going to talk about Rav Shema right now. Rav Shema uh, excuse me for a second. Rav Shem Baichai and his son Elazar, Elazar Rav Shimon, they hid themselves in the study hall. And you know, the wife, his wife used to bring food. What did they eat? They ate bread and a cup of water. When they became, so when the, when Rabbi uh, Shimon decree, the decree on Rav Shimon became very severe, they went to hide in a cave. And this is the famous story about hiding in the cave. Fine. They went, and they hid in this cave. A miracle happened. And a uh, carob tree and a wellspring of water were created for them. They would remove they would remove their garments and sit up to their necks in the sand. Oh wow! Look at that! I got I got guests in the studio. Uh, yeah. All right, go ahead. Talk. Hello. So, wh- wh- what's your names? I don't know. Fool. And David Salton. And Yakov Salton. Oh wow! So this is your brother. I remember you You guys came once before, right? I did. Only you did? Yes. So, I know you told the story once. So now, yeah. it's going to be... Uh, he doesn't want to tell a story, so I'm just going to continue my story where I'm showing by Clay. How about that? You like stories? Yeah? How much do you like stories? This much or this much? This much. Okay, good. Rav Shimon and his son, they went to hide themselves in the cave. Why did they hide themselves in the cave? Well, Cheryl, it's not nice to disturb me while I'm reading the story. I told you last week, I can't be disturbed. Yeah, I wasn't in last week. I know you weren't in, but you're just like Schmolky that always makes noise when I talk. Okay, just read your story because I'm getting bored. Well, it would be great. I would be able to make you fall asleep. Well, a miracle happened, and they when they hid in the tree... They did not hide in the tree, they hid in a cave. Shmero, I told you not to. Oh, you're right, they did hide in a cave. They went to hide in a cave because the Romans were after them. And uh, a miracle happened. A nice tree came out of nowhere. Where did it come from? I don't know, I'm asking you that. Uh, boys and girls, if you know where this tree came from, then let me know. Text it into 347-927-8398. I think it was a miracle, Shmero. A miracle? Uh-huh. They would remove their garments and sit up to their necks to the whole day they studied. When it was time for davening, they covered themselves, davened, and then put off their garments again. Why would they do that? Because they don't want to get it dirty. Then Eliyahu and Abi came and stood at the entrance and said, Who's going to tell Rabbi Chai that the emperor is dead and the decree is gone? And they came out. 
they saw a person plowing. What does plowing mean? Well, plowing means they take uh, something with their field and they... Uh, they take their field? No, they don't take their field. They take a cow and they plow. What does plowing mean? I just told you. They take a cow and they plow. That's what you told me. All right, they attach a machine to the cow and they uh, put some seeds in the ground. Is that happy? Yeah, that's a happy ending. Okay, good. Anyways, so what happened? They uh, saw this person doing the plowing and they said, Hussein, Rav Shemin and his son said, I don't believe this. They're doing, how could they be plowing? Rav Shemin and Rav Elazar were so halig that they looked at this person, all of a sudden this person became, became a piece of ash. How did you know? I read the story over your shoulder again. Well, I'm not letting you see now. A uh, echo came forth and said, Did you come out from your cave to destroy my world? Go back to your cave. Get back where you came from. And Rabshim and did just that. So, and they came back to the cave for another 12, 15 years. How many years was it really? I don't know how many years. I'm trying to ask you. Um, it must have been, I think it was 14 years. 14 years, okay. And they returned there another 12 months. And they, Echo came back and said, All right, you can go. You're free. Yippee, I'm free. Bye. No, Shmuel, you're not free. You got to stay here. I need company. You have three points here. Yeah, but... uh you have I have three boys here, but they don't want to. They don't want to. You know, they're they're just here to. to uh, they're just here to watch. Yeah, they don't like watching movies. Movies? What movie are they watching? They're watching you on screen. Oh yeah, you know, you know, you guys, you can look over there. You can see me on the screen there. You know that? Yeah, on the other side of me. Which other side? On that side, right there. Yeah, you see that screen? You see? You see it on that screen over there? Uh-huh. Yeah, so anyways, they came out and they Rabbi Shimon and Lazar they looked and they uh you know, it's uh, Arab Shabbos. What are these? What are these stuff for, for these bundles? So the person said, "What do you mean what they're for? I'm going home for Shabbos with these bundles of wheat. I'm going to make a challah." A nice, delicious challah. Yeah, well, uh, Shmuel, you're not the one who's making the challah. Who's the one making the challah? Not me either. So who is? I don't know. The person who's taking the wheat. Oh, so what's his name? I don't know, Shmuel. You know, you're going to have to stop asking all those questions. It's getting very annoying. Yeah. Okay, just continue the story because I want to finish off. Well, you're not finishing off nothing because I got to still start off. What do you want to start off? Um, so, anyways, you're not answering my question. I'm not letting you talk. If you don't let me talk, you're going to leave. Uh-huh. All right, Shmerl, I'm going to answer your question. It doesn't say in the story what's his name, and what are the bundles for? They were for Shabbos. So, these bundles were for Shabbos, and uh, they asked him, only one? Yeah, one is for Shabbos. One is to remember the Zecha Shabbos. And one is to keep the Shabbos. As it says in... in uh, yeah, what's, what's uh, Exodus mean? You're reading over my shoulder, Shmerl, again. It's not Exodus. First of all, Shmos. 
Shemot. Then what's the other one? Determinary. Not determinary. Deuteronomy. No, you said it wrong. It's Devarm. And say for Devarm, it says that uh, you should keep the Shabbos. And um, say for Shemot, it, says, it talks about remembering Shabbos. Okay. Well, Rav Shimon said to son, Wow, you see these people, these Yidden, they're so precious. They're taking on their minds. They put on their minds to go do whatever they can just for Shabbos. Well, here's another story. How many stories do you have today? Um, hmm. Uh, you want me to count? Yeah. Shmerl, you distracted me. <laughs> that wasn't a joke. All right, so a woman was married for many years to her husband, but didn't have kids. Why not? I don't know why not. It's a good question, though. Boys and girls, if you know why not this uh, person didn't have kids, uh, then don't ask. Uh, don't answer, I mean. Okay. Beryl, you read the story because I got to uh, take care of something. Okay. So this woman got married and her husband decided to divorce her and he went to Rav Shimon Ba'echai. Rav Shimon told him, Eh, uh, I want to talk. Rav Shimon told him that they just had to celebrate with their bond, and uh, so they got married, so uh, if they would destroy their marriage, then, you know, then they uh, wouldn't have a child at all. Well, the husband prepared a nice feast and asked his wife to join him. And, of course, by the feast, the husband got a little shaker, a little drunk. Why didn't he get drunk? I don't know why he got drunk, but that's what happened. He got a little shaker, and the uh, and the wife knew the husband was a little drunk, and said, and she asked him, "Hey, husband, let's call him Yankel. Yankel. Hmm. The husband says, "So what do you want from my possession? That you could take anything." And what did she do? So she served a lot of wine. She fell asleep. He fell asleep. The husband fell asleep. Yanko fell asleep. And uh, Zizi went and uh, took the husband to his fa- her father's house. And the husband woke up in the morning. Oh. What happened? Where am I? You're in radio. That, that I know, Cheryl. But in the story where the husband woke up. Oh, did he really? Why did he drink? I don't know why he drank. It doesn't say why. Guess they made a party. Okay. Well, the following morning, he woke up in his uh, wife's uh, family's house. And he asked her, What do you mean? Why you bring me here? What happened? Well, I told you that you asked me you wanted uh, anything that I could take, right? Yeah, anything you could take. And what did you take? Oh, the only thing I really wanted was you. You, you're the one person I wanted. And the husband heard this. He got, he got, came back together. Anyways, we're not gonna, we're now gonna uh, elaborate on uh, Shimi Bayechai. 
you know, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, his father's name was Yochai. And uh, boys and girls, for those who know uh, which shepherd he's uh, from, he was actually from, uh, I'm not going to say it, because you guys, uh, boys and girls, got to figure that out. I have my sidekick right here. He's going, he likes to talk. Um, so, yeah, so Yechai was a member of uh, the uh, the Shevet of Yehuda, and uh, was very important. He was so important. He was a big scholar, very wealthy. His wife, uh, Sarah. Sarah? Yeah, Sarah. Sarah was, uh, wasn't Sarah Menu? No, that's a different Sarah. Uh-huh. Well, I thought there was Sarah Menu. No, that's all the way back. This is much later on, Shmerl. Much later on, back when? Shmerl, you know, I gotta think about the story, because I didn't read it through. Why not? Because I was supposed to have a guy coming guy. I told you that already. Oh, yeah, you told me that last night. But I was past my bedtime, and now I'm not past my bedtime. Well, for many years, the Sarah was very childless. She didn't have a kid. And after some time... Rabbi Yechai wanted uh, to uh, wanted to divorce her and marry her again, and he asked the match matchmaker, uh, match not a matchmaker, matchmaker. Thank you, Shmuel, for correcting me. Matchmaker to find him a nice, modest, honest woman. And shortly after, his wife found out that the husband wanted uh, that Yechai wanted a divorce. She fasted. And gave more tzedakah and davened. And she davened with even greater than before. And then, the night of Rosh Hashanah, her husband had a dream. He saw himself standing in a nice forest full of trees. As far as somebody can see, there were nice fresh fruit, dried out fruit. Yochai leaned against the dry tree and turned his head. Suddenly he held a big image of a tzaddik who's carrying a jug of water on one shoulder. As he walked through the entire forest, he watered some of the dried out free, uh, these dried out fruit trees. And some of these dried out fruit trees, though, well, he left them unwatered. The Chacham came close to Chai and taking out from under his garment a small flask of water, watered the tree which Yochai was leaning on, and then gave him a bracha. Yochai saw that, and he saw that there was a bracha in the water, and it watered the entire area of the trees, which he leaned on. All of a sudden, the trees... What are you looking at over there? Shmerl, you don't get sidetracked. I'm reading a story. Uh, and Yochai saw that uh, these trees, Rabbi Yochai, Rav Shimon Yochai, no, not Rav Shimon Yochai, Rabbi Yochai. This is Rav Shimon's father. Rav Shimon's father. Rav Shimon had a father. I thought his name was Shimon Yochai. Well, Bar means a father. Bar means a father. That's right. Bar means a father. You do you hear me on the uh, headphones? Oh my. And I hear myself? No, I don't hear myself on this. Shmuel, why did you put on the headphones? Because it was funny. Right. And Yochai saw that the bracha on those trees, and the tree 
had some nice, beautiful, delicious, uplifting, inspiring apples. Inspiring apples. Hmm. I wonder. Uh, Schmerl, what do you wonder about? How can an apple be inspiring? Um, it wasn't inspiring. You're right. It was a nice, large apple. How large? I don't know. It doesn't say in the story. Why not? Because, uh, I guess it doesn't say it. Okay. So continue. All right. I'll continue. Surrounded by fresh leaves, the tree began to flourish. And, uh, after a few, uh, while, it had a lot of fruit and it gave off a very good smell. Wow, that's good. Yeah, that's very good. Yochai was really happy with that vision of his dream and woke. And he was very happy. He told his dream to his wife, saying, You know, I dreamed. And I think the forest and the world and the trees is you. And I think that after giving the fruit, I think it means that we're going to have a kid. And you're going to... You, my daughter, are the tree upon the girl and uh, which I leaned on was the water. And you're going to have a righteous kid. And so why were all the other trees watered from the jug while this tree that I leaned on was watered from the flask? Why was nothing before or after? Not a single but other tree, but its entire contents report on that same tree that I leaned on. Wife said to him, "Well, it's really inspiring, and surprising. So allow me to go see Rabbi Akiva." And they uh, went to see Rabbi Akiva. Wow, that really ties in. Spirit has to do with Rabbi Akiva. Oh, that's right, Shmuel. Uh, Rabbi Akiva's children, uh, students, passed away uh, during Sphira. And for those who still hold Sphira, tomorrow uh, you don't shave, but Sfardim, I believe, do shave. But we're not going to get into a halachic uh, discussion here, right? Has Fardim shaved tomorrow? Okay. I don't want to be wrong. You're wrong. No, I don't shave. I shave uh, till uh, Shavuos. You already shaved, man, in a cash case. I, 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 I shaved because today's like Boomer. So I was the last shave today. Oh, you're not Sparty. That's right, I'm not Sparty, although I wish I was. Anyways... He said to her that he, uh, that is a good idea. The two of us will go to him. And they both went together to Rabbi Akiva. Well, after Rosh Hashanah, the couple went together to Rabbi Akiva. Yochai told him his dream. And uh, Rabbi Akiva said, You know, that one tree was watered from that one flask. You should know that your dream means that the that your wife is going to give birth. She has, uh, she's absolutely impossible for her to give birth. But, through her tears, since she davened very hard, she's going to have a child. And, the flask you saw, from them, was she watered, and she's become very worthy to have her sons. And that's why no other tree was watered. Rabbi Kiva then said to Sarah, This year? This year? <laughs> really? That's funny. Sarah's going to have a baby this year. Mazel tov. Shmerl, no, not this year here. This year in the story. What date was that? I don't know the date. I'll look it up in the mirror. Well, the mirrors don't tell me the date. 
this year you're going to become and have a baby. Who's gonna, you're going to have a child that's going to light up the world. How much they have the light? Uh, as light as this room. It's pretty light in here. Yochaya and his son, Yochaya and Sarah were so happy to hear that from Rabbi Kiva. And they went home so happy. Well, on Shavuos, the day was given for the Torah to be given out. They were blessed with a kid, with a boychikol. How old was the boy? I don't know how old was the boy. He was a baby. What do you mean, how old was the boy? What are you talking about, Shmuel? How old are you when you were born? I was one and a half years old. Okay, well, so continue being one and a half years old, all right? Everyone who saw him knew that he had a big brook on him. His face shined. His parents were so delighted with him, and they praised Hashem every moment. They gave charity, gave the love to Doko, made a large suda on the day of his birth meal. They named him Shimon, meaning Shama. Oh, that's where Rav Shimon's name came from. Yep, that's where Rav Shimon's name came from. Well, from that day on, they guarded him very closely, and they raised him in a nice, pure house. Well, from the moment he began to talk, they trained him to speak only words of Torah. Words of Torah. Uh, words of Torah, thank you. Pasukim, and when he was only five years old, they entrusted him to the yeshiva headed by Rabbi Gamliel. He was like a bubbling spring that overflowed. Well, even as a small child, he asked questions to the Gedalim. Rabbi Yeshua ben Hanania and Rabbi Gamliel on the Torah subject. Well, Rabbi Shem Ba'echai became one of the greatest of the fourth generation of the of the Chachamim who wrote the Mishnah. He passed away in the year 3890. What date is that? I don't know, 3890. From the creation of the world, 63 years after the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash. Well, as recorded in the Zohar, on the day he revealed the secrets not known in the world, since the seven days of creation. Yeah, and that was Rav Shemim Ba'echai. So now you found out who was Rav Shemim Ba'echai. Rav Shemim Ba'echai's uh, father was Yechai, and Yechai uh, couldn't have kids. And uh, and uh, in the beginning, I said another story that uh, that uh, the beginning I said a story about a uh, cow. No, well, what, what's the move about? I don't know, but it was interesting cow. The interesting cow. Why was the interesting cow? Because it was an interesting cow. All right, so. You know what we're going to talk about now? What do you want to talk about? Uh, we're going to talk about somebody. Huh? Hey, anybody here have a story? No no stories yet? No stories yet. All right. We're just going to wait for my junior reporter to call in. Uh, I don't think he wants to. No, he doesn't want it tonight. All right. Okay, so that gives me a chance to say my other story. Akiva uh, Ben Mahalo. It was very rare to find this person that was so uh, principled that he's willing to make a lot of uh, sacrifices. And we're not speaking to those who are willing to give up the life. Yeah, we are. It's true. The kids want to give up the life, Hashem. Uh, well, that's true, Shmuel. Well, anyways, in the time of the Gemara, there existed the men that were very, very big tzaddikim. And, you know, they were so unscared. They uh, 
did anything they were able to do to be. And uh, here is one of the stories. Akiva was a very wise and noble person. His words were in Pirkei Elvis that says that uh, you take uh, the uh, three things enable you to keep from the Avera. Bye-bye. Shalom. Yeah, bye-bye. Shabbat Shalom. Why are you saying Shabbat Shalom to? Well, those three kids left. And, uh, yeah, and it is 7.32. Right now it's 7.32. And we're going to say the story. Now I can relax because, uh, because, uh, uh, just give me a second, boys and girls watching this. Um, listening to me. Um, yeah. Anyways. Okay. I'm glad everybody's listening to me here. But, uh, we got the whole studio here to myself. So, therefore, I got to run around. And I ran around. Well, one of the rulings he gave that if a woman who's a convert before the uh, court, as an Isha Shaita. You mean Isha Shaita? No, Isha Sota. Well, so basically what they did was they gave her a drink from the bitter water. And she uh, had it to uh, drink that. Well, the others disagree, and they said that it would be given the waters to drink. And they, that, yeah, that was uh, so. Well, fine. Uh, what did Akiva say? No, I want to take that back. Akiva by my owl said, "No, I want to argue on that one. I want to argue." And they argued. The reason Shmaya and Avtalia gave this woman to drink. It's because they themselves were descended from these uh, converts, from these people who were converts. And, uh, yeah. Oh, they're all back. They all came back. Well, yeah, so welcome back. You, you thought of a story while you were out? No? Okay, they didn't think of any stories. Well... Okay, and they went over to, uh, basically the story for those who just tuned in right now, the story is like this, Akiva by Mahal argued that Shemaya and Aftalin gave this woman to drink this water because they came from converts. The Chachamim told, uh, told uh, Akiva, Akiva by Mahal, I'm asking you, please, take away your words, take it away, don't say it, take it away. Akiva Mahal said no. They asked him again, and they added, "Please do it. We should make you the head of the bezin if you do this." And Akiva heard these words. He spoke, "My brothers, I prefer that people say through my life that this Akiva who gave up the opportunity to become the head of bezin, that for one moment even to feel that I have sinned before Hashem. Furthermore, I am convinced." That you convinced me that I was wrong, and I, I gonna take back my words because of this. I would never accept this position that you offer me. And uh, you have a story. Oh, the little bicycle has a story. Go ahead. There's a story of Rav Shimon by Yochai that they they needed to ask a question from the city that he lived in. So when he lived in, 
in the city that he lived, he needed to run away because the Romans were killing him. So they needed to ask a question. So when they're asking the question, they didn't have a Shemumah high. They had they tried asking all the Tamidim they could find it, but they didn't know where Rabbi Shimon Bayechai was hiding, was hiding in the cave. So, see, so they saw a lot, a lot of like birds, like doves. So, the, the dove was by Noah when he came. How big was the dove? Shmerel, please, he's saying a story. My. Uh, Go ahead. He's small. So, so he was. They were looking, so the the bird, one bird was going behind. So the a uh, a uh, uh, rabbi uh, uh, said, uh, uh, screamed out to the bird. The bird came down, and he he wrote the letter that the, the question was to Rabbi Shimon Bar and he put it, and Rabbi Shimon Bar put the letter in the beak. So when he put it in the beak. Why did you put a letter in the beak? Because the bird was hungry, so and the bird loved paper. Okay. So, so then he, he flew all the way to Avshimu Baichai. Avshimu Baichai took the letter. He the bird flew right in front, and he flew and he stayed there. The bird he was just flying around, and then he he he, he looked at the thing. Wow, and, that's an interesting story. The bird flew around, humping it in make. That's disgusting. Come on. He, the bird flew around and around to to make sure he needs to uh, get bring it back. So when the, the, so he write the he he looked at the question and he 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 looked uh, he looked down and he 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 yeah he he what's so funny. Uh, he, nothing's he looked funny. At the question. I'm looking in my pockets. I'm missing something. What are you missing? My phone, because you took it. Uh, he looked Which at. Which one did you he take? Look- I don't know. One of them. Uh, he uh, looked- why are you giving out your keys? I'm uh, giving my keys out. He looked at. He he looked at. He looked at the letter, and then he he took the letter. He turned it over, and he wrote the letter, and he folded it up, and he dropped it right in front of the beak, uh, the bird, and the bird took it and he flew back to the rabbi and they answered the question. Wow, <laughs> that was such a nice story. Yeah, that was a lovely story. Oh, Beryl, yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed that story. So, for all those who did not hear that story, uh, it was a really amazing story of Rav Shemar Barakali that he put a letter in a beak of a bird that answered a question that nobody was able to answer. That was uh, actually an unbelievable question. Uh, think that happened. Well, back to my story. Uh, hey, I want to can't say the story again. Well, which kid? Uh, Yanko. Oh, oh Nisim, uh, Makore. Oh, I have nice. a whole choir here today. Okay. No. No. So now, now we don't only have one reporter. We had three reporters today. No, Baruch Yeah, they came to see it live. So, Nisim, now, now it's your turn, Nisim. Now it's your turn to talk. What? Now it's your turn to talk about Rav Shema Baichai. One of the boys said a story about Rav Shema Baichai and a letter. Now, it's, now you're going to have to say something about Rav Shema Baichai. I, I know, I wasn't... Pre- I just running on its steps. So, uh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I tied it in to Rabbi Akiva. And you know, first of all, uh, why you like why 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 is this all about you know talking about Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, Rabbi Akiva, and you know. It's Who this, else should I talk about? And this is all uh, we're gonna know, talk for about our children, for our children to understand what is all about to be Eden. It, you Jewish, you know, this is something that's very important to understand. Because in this generation by Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai and Rabbi Akiva, there are almost no Jews left. No Jews left, but it's, you know, and the Roman didn't let nobody to, to teach uh, the Torah. And only Rabbi Akiva and his other Chachamim and his students continue, continue the Masoret. Otherwise, you, we, we wouldn't be here. We, we wouldn't, wouldn't be, be here. here. No, 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 without these people that basically sacrificed their life. And Rabbi Akiva was so giant. He could kill person with Shem Hashem and Vorach and could, nobody can touch him. And his student asked him, Rabbi Akiva, you're going to die now. The Roman, they torture me. And, you know, they took Masrakochel Barzel, you know, the metal comb and basically screwed. Oh, that hurts. Yeah, yeah, it's a very hurt. And I said, Rabbi, why you don't curse him? Why you don't save yourself? He said, all my life I was expecting to make Kiddush Hashem. And this is what my, my this. And he basically says, uh, my Israel and went up to heaven but it's painful and the other story you know that people uh, you know they don't understand what is mean uh, and Kabbalat this for the new generation to understand that when the rabbi says something you have to understand that he is not dreaming in the night and come in the morning and said oh I decided to make it's everything is solid and coming from the Torah, Tzivalanu Moshe, Torah, Torah Kibel Moshe Messinai, and then the transfer and transfer. And we are here, part of the link, the chain link, from one to each other. Wow. And uh, just to give you the story about uh, Abiy Akiva, I know he was in a jail, and he asked water. And the guy, the his student brought him the water, it was a small amount of water. And he spilled it back behind the student. No, that's not true. No, he just come and, you know, one time, and this, the guard, the Roman guard was very mean. He saw the Rabbi Akiva basically take the water and put it in, wash his hand. I said, what, you're crazy? I'm not going to give you any more water. I give you just only for drinking. So I gave him a little bit, little bit of water. And the second day come and he gave him the water and Rabbi Akiva just wash his hand. So the student asked him to tell him, Rabbi, what are you doing? You need to drink. He said, I'm not going to over al chachamim, al chaver, al, al, al my friends. Because chachamim those days tiknu that we have to lintol yadaim uh, in the morning. You cannot say bracha, you cannot say brachot, you cannot say shema without netilat yadaim. And I'm going to stick with this because this is very important to follow our Chachamim and our, our rules. If not, we are not going to stay as a Jewish nation. And this is the evidence that we are here 2,000 years after. Okay, I see uh, boys and girls are trying to reach me. You can reach to me by 718-683-5858. And I, 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 believe, uh, I believe our junior reporter is uh, here. Yes, the real junior reporter. 
All right, I'm waiting uh, all night for him to. No, you're not. You're waiting only a half hour. Yeah. Okay. All right. Hello. Hello, Mushy. Hello. Nathan. Yeah. Hi. Hello. Yeah, so they, you you gotta welcome. Uh, what's your name? Vitsalten. And. And. Yakov Sultan. And. Ahrar Fool. So you gotta welcome all those three in this. Uh, they're with me in the studio as well. And maybe next week they also will be a junior reporter. Well, uh, they, uh, they do want to be a junior reporter. They just don't know how to reach me. Okay, Moish, what's going on this week? What's on? Okay, I'll just start off with with the topic this week is Lagboimer. Anyways, Lagboimer is a very special day for Yeshua's. A lot of people seek their Yeshua's. They daven and daven and daven and they'll take sometimes they can daven all year round. And Hashem is waiting for the time to give it to them. But once it comes like Bimer, they they already get it. And if you don't believe me that you could that you your Yeshua's will be that your that your that what you want will be answered, then I'll prove it to you by a couple of stories. A Yid from America came to Maron on Lag Bimer, to Davener of Shimon Baichai's Tsion. A poor man from Etzisol standing next to him, davening gladly for Pranas, and his loud shouts were disturbing him. The poor man was shouting, Hashem, the merit of Rabbi Shimon, send me $50,000. The wealthy yid thought to himself, I came all this way to daven Rabbi Shimon by Echai's grave, and this man's loud shouts for $50,000 are giving me a headache and ruining my concentration. He wanted to take revenge on this poor man. So he asked the poor man for his address, which he readily gave. When I get back to America, he thought to himself, I'll write a check for $50,000 and sign it. Reb Shimon Baichai. With this tease, I'll pay him back for the all the frustration he's causing me. Some weeks later, this wealthy man was going through his bank statements and saw he was charged $50,000. He didn't understand when did he write such a large check. Then he remembered then he remembered the joke he played on the poor Yid by Shimon's caver. He looked at the track and saw he accidentally signed his own name in Ab Shimon Baichai. The poor man's thrills were answered. The following story happened twenty years ago and is still going on until today. They're very good friends who learned together each morning from three o'clock AM until Shachris. One of them became very ill. His Khabrusa would visit him and speak with him about Amuna. Once, in the middle of the conversation, the friend said, Lad is only a month and a half away. For years we traveled together to Maron. Let's travel this year again. The old man looked up surprised. He said, The doctors are telling me I have only two months to live. I don't even know if I'll be alive when Lad comes around. A few weeks later, he called his old friend and said, I'm buying a ticket out to Israel today. Should I buy a ticket for you too? The doctors don't prevent you from going, so why not? The old man agreed, and after friends and the two friends set out. That year, Lagbimer was a Matzah Shabbos. As soon as Shabbos was over, they went to the Mara cave where Shimon was buried to Davin. Twenty years ago, the crowd wasn't as large as it is today, and most of the Hasidim were still with the Rebbe for the Adraka. The scene wasn't very full, so they could get inside and even to come near the scene to Davin. The old man sat down at the scene and pulled his heart out in Tfilah. He said in tar safe tone from beginning to end. When he finished, he turned to his friend and said, I feel that I've just removed a large stone off my heart, and I'm leaving that stone here. They returned to America, and when he went to the doctors, they operated him on him. 
they went through the cells, which they thought were had cancer, and wow. they weren't. They didn't have cancer at all. They took a test, but it wasn't cancer. It was curable. It's curable. His first phone call was to his friend who encouraged him to go to Moron. He cried tears of gratitude. At first, when his friend heard him crying, he feared that he had received negative reports from the doctors. But his friend was finally able to find his voice and explained that these were tears of joy and happiness. Both of them told the story, and they conclude. Since then, we can't come to Moron every year. And before we leave, we say, Reb Shimon, next year again we will meet. So from these two stories we see, and I just proved to you about how that boy is the time for your shoes. Shki is almost here. We can still dab him for whatever we want. And and just trust trust me that your that what you want will be answered just like these two stories. Wow. All right. Wow. 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 What a wonderful story. I know I wasn't like I wasn't listening to two quarters of it, but I was listening to half of it. So uh well, but uh, because I, I had my sidekicks here Sparrow and Barrel and you know they're they're really disturbing. listen to the all story. Yeah, Sparrow Barrel is listening to the whole story. So, you know, it was really a good story and uh so what lesson can you learn out of this story? From both of these stories, you could learn out that lag boimer is a time for Yeshua's, and you could, if you know somebody that's sick or someone that needs Yeshua, or anything that you might want, you could have him, you could have him, even if you're not on your own, you could have him, and you'll for sure, must probably be answered. Oh, I can't wow. say, I don't need to say must probably, must probably for sure you'll be answered. Right, so, wow. Okay. I want to tell you, it's, uh, every time, every place, anyway, you can dive into HaKadosh Baruch Hu and as you listen to us. This goes and for this kids is, all, this is the for time. All, all, all the time. All the time we HaKadosh Baruch Hu is listening to us. And Yishar Koach big time. We were anxious to hear from you next week. Bezat all right. Hashem. Next week, Bezat Hashem, anxious, very anxious. Yeah, I'm waiting all week, you know. I'm busy all week with my uh, wondering if you're going to call in or not, you know. <laughs> Okay, thank you. All right, have a great Shabbos and uh, and enjoy the rest of your log by me. You still have at least an hour. All right, Shabbat Shalom, good Shabbos. Okay, well, wow, okay, uh, uh, should we have a little bit of a log by music to end off the show? Or let me just uh, put okay. So uh, we're going to end off the show now. Uh, I did too much talking today, and as uh, is Hashem, next week I will be back on. And uh, yeah, so for all those, uh, always, always do the same. Yeah, okay, this not the show, but you know, this is really very important. Important to do the same. And uh, for all those that were listening, we're hopefully going to have next week. I'm hopefully going to have next week a. Uh, hopefully, the guest will, will come in next week. So, uh, this week. This week I wasn't able to be live. But I uh, wasn't able to have them live, the people. But uh, hopefully, next week. Have a great Shabbos, everybody, and uh, thank you for listening, and enjoy your Shabbos, and make sure you enjoy the rest of our Weimar, and 
I hope you enjoy your bonfires. Have a great Shabbos.